Welcome to our Roots Say That We're Sisters podcast. This podcast series is sponsored by the Marquette Forum with support from Marquette University's Office of Institutional Diversity and Inclusion and the Haggerty Museum of Art. It's an extension of a Marquette University mural project to highlight and uplift diverse women-identified individuals whose images and contributions have been systematically made invisible. The artist, Mauricio Ramirez, used photographs of BIPOC women associated with Marquette as inspiration for the images in the mural. The Our Roots Say That We're Sisters podcast preserves the stories of female-identifying students, faculty, staff, and alumni who've used their gifts to make a meaningful impact on others, especially those who remain unsung heroes. I'm your host, Sheena Carey, from the Diedrich College of Communication. Joining us today is Jayla Taylor. She's a junior at Marquette University, majoring in political science, and is president of the Urban Scholars Program. So welcome, Jayla. Hi, thank um, you. What, what story would you like to share with us today? I'd love to share about kind of like my background growing up from the city, as well as more about like my scholarship program and what that all entails and what really Urban Scholars is, because any chance I have to promote them, I always want to. <laughs> so how do you identify? I identify as Black and Latina. My mom is Mexican and my dad is Black, so half and half. <laughs> and where do you come from? You said the city. Are you talking about Milwaukee? Yes, I've grown up on the south side of Milwaukee for the past 20 years. <laughs> what high school did you go to? I went to DSHA, Find Savior Holy Angels. It's a all-girls Catholic high school. My middle school actually allowed me to get a scholarship to go there, so it was pretty awesome. But that was the First time I was actually out of the city to go to school. <laughs> yeah. So tell us how you got on the path that you're on. I would say, well, first starts with my parents and my background. My mom is a first generation kind of citizen here. So her growing up and upbringing was a little different than mine. None of my aunts, uncles, or parents went to college. So it was more of a high school graduation thing and then moving on to a family. But her main goal for all of us, me and my two older siblings, was always to go to college, get a career, and make sure we are doing what we love in life. But that just kind of motivated me to always kind of have a target on my back to push forward and find any opportunity I could. My dad also um, didn't go to college, so being a first-generation kind of college student, they gave me the leeway to figure it out and navigate it all on my own, and I've taken any re-advantage that I can, and I, I love it here, So, or here as in Marquette, so it's been pretty great. My um, middle school and elementary school was predominantly Hispanic, but they pushed and promoted college and high school a lot just because the school rate of like kids from a Latino background being first gen or second gen, the high school rate is low as and the college rate is even lower of graduating high school and college. So I went to Bruce Guadalupe Community School and they pushed a lot of opportunities on us to go to school fairs and get financial help, get a lot of opportunities out of coming from our background because you can always use your diverse background to your advantage and being bilingual and things like that is a skill that a lot of people don't have. So I was able to go to DSHA on a tour with my school and it was awesome, but I definitely couldn't afford a high school that was $14,000 a year, no matter what. That was just out of budget. But luckily, I applied, and just with all the things I was involved in, and just by chance, I ended up getting a financial aid scholarship to go there, and 
We have a 100% college rate at my high school, so there was no question on whether or not I was going to college after DSHA, and I got a lot of opportunities, but Marquette provided me with a full tuition scholarship to be part of the Urban Scholars Program as a minority student, and that was something I definitely could not pass up, considering a lot of other colleges, it would still have to be $20,000 or more per year, which is just crazy. Coming from like a single-parent household, that's just something that you can't even fathom taking out that much amount of money, so to be able to like go home and say, hey, I'm going to do this, and you don't have to put a dollar down was just one of the days I'll definitely remember for going forward in my future. So that's how I became part of Urban Scholars. We were the first group of 45 minority students. I used to only be five, and my year they upgraded to 45. So we were the first big group of black and brown students that came to Marquette with a full ride. And we all come from first-gen or minority backgrounds, usually with a bit of economic disparities and things like that. That's kind of Something they look for when providing us with this opportunity, they're basically like similar to an EOP program, but it's a little bit different. It's an honors program, so you have to have the resume behind your name as well to Mm -hmm. get into the program. So I know that a huge thrust of the Urban Scholars Program is the scholarship. Mm -hmm. What other support do they provide uh, first-gen and students of color? So their whole goal was to have us have advisors that looked like us in the program. Considering it only had been five previously, they only had one academic slash, not only an advisor, but he was also like the, um, how do you say? Yeah, DJ Todd. He was like the whole running of the program, just that one person. But when they upgraded us to 45 people, we had three more academic advisors that we were split between. And they were there. Basically, we had to check in one on one just to see how we were adjusting, not only academically, but also like just campus-wise. Tell me about your weeks, tell me about your days, which is something you didn't really realize when you're in the moment, but after the fact, it, it made you feel like you had an adult on campus that was looking out for you, had your back for you. And another thing we promoted was just being a family outside of your own family. So we did a lot of group retreats together, a lot of group activities together, because the whole point was that these people around you, your fellow students, fellow classmates are your family here. And so luckily, a lot of my friends came out of that program. So you have a bicultural identity. Mm-hmm. Um, what Which traditions did you follow? Or was there a mix of traditions? For instance, did you have a quinceanera? <laughs> so I am the youngest, so I got the pick of the litter of whatever I wanted to do. <laughs> you, you were the runt of the litter, was, but you got the pick yeah, of the litter. Okay, exactly. gotcha. Basically, in our household, it was year from here. You can identify however you want to identify. It's not like a this or that type of thing. We ate both types of food. <laughs> like Maybe we'll have tacos one day, the next day you could have a burger for dinner. Like There was no set in stone, but it was awesome because I got to look at both sides of like my culture all the time. So fitting in with one was difficult, but getting older, it just made me realize how much I appreciate both sides and how much other people don't get to experience that. And I have a big appreciation for any type of cultural backgrounds that people bring with them just because of how different and specific they are and like making friends that are Hispanic, but also making friends that are black or white and things like that throughout the school years was awesome just because it felt like I had so many communities to fall back on. But like my family was definitely my home base. My mom was raised us as a single mom, so she could have pushed more of like a Hispanic household and she kept our like roots there but she let us always of course kind of express ourselves in any way we saw fit so as you can see it's my big inspiration for a lot of stuff. (laughs) 
And don't jump ahead. I've got some other questions. (laughs) So how has this bicultural identity influenced the choices that you've made and the path that you've taken? It's honestly a big motivating factor for me. I've written a lot of papers and things about it because I'm a big promoter of use your culture to your advantage. Like in an oppressed society, I think it's really important that if you are a person of color, you use the advantages that you have for good and you use the benefits that are given to you to go forward. Being a black woman, a Hispanic woman, the odds are often against you. So I made it my duty to make sure that like the kids under me, I always wanted to teach. I love kids. They saw somebody that looked like them, but that motivated them. And I have a lot of nieces and nephews now. So I can say throughout the years, I've kind of always promoted myself in a way that was like, yes, I am these cultures and they're a huge part of me, but I'm also breaking a lot of stereotypes and a lot of barriers to continue to excel in a lot of different areas. And I went to a predominantly white high school, but that just showed me that I can tell girls that are that look just the same as me, that they can also go to those schools and they always have an ally in their corner, basically, just because for me, there was nobody to, to look at in that realm. Like my older sister didn't go to the same school as me and my cousins are all usually either, none of them are the same race as us. So I didn't have a lot of friends that were my race either growing up, which kind of like made me stick out, but I kind of use that in the best way possible where I can easily fit into another community if I wanted to. And now I feel like I'm somebody that other younger girls can talk to about these issues and these struggles they might have or like the good and the bad. Mm Mm-hmm. How has the mural project resonated for you or in what ways has Mm -hmm. it? I think it's amazing just because I think a lot of time we promote or we talk about diversity or diversifying, but you don't actually see it. I think there's a difference between talking about things and then seeing them actually in person and having to face it. And I think it's also much more powerful because it's women. And I, I think a lot of the time we're still in a society where it's like, you listen to a man first. And I think this just like shows how powerful a woman's story is. And as I've always talked about my mom and things like that, I've seen so many powerful women get overlooked. And so seeing not only black, brown and different colored women, but it's like it's seeing a representation of yourself and then those around you and the voices that are like not getting heard as often or being promoted that you have nothing to do but face them and look at them and see them and listen, (laughs) I guess. So what impact do you see Marquette having on the lives of women of color? Mm -hmm. I think it can have a positive or a negative impact. I can't come and say like, oh, it's amazing and it's without struggles because that just wouldn't be true. I've met a lot of amazing women in big, powerful positions at Marquette, which has been great, but it's also still a place where it's not as diversified as you would want to come in and see. And I think that's why it's so important to promote programs that are for different races and different backgrounds, because if you want this campus or this university to look a certain way, it needs representation. And you have to have representation to convince people to come here and look differently and promote that we can not only accept you here, but we can give you the tools and the resources where you'll feel comfortable being here. I think that's a big thing that I've learned over the past years. I've come across a lot of different friends or mentees of mine who 
they appreciate the opportunity, but they don't have the resources to be themselves there. They don't have the comfortability to feel like they're in the right place for them. And I think that's the second step. Like, that's the second important. Like, the first step is, of course, getting people of diverse backgrounds here. But the second step is making sure that they can be themselves and be comfortable and not feel just outcasted. So that that feeling that some students have, some faculty and even um, some staff have of not quite feeling as though they belong or are welcome, is that strictly internal, something that they're bringing to the situation, or is there something about Marquette that creates those feelings? I think it can be a mix of both. Luckily for me, I went to a high school that was similar. Diversity-wise, it was very similar. So I had already experienced something like this. But I will say externally, like looking across and somebody says this is a PWI, you can tell. You can look across any classroom. You can look at any directory and you you can tell that it's a predominantly white institution. Professor-wise, I would feel more comfortable going to a professor that looks like me or has a relatable story to me. And I found many that are and are there to promote the connections that they bring to students of color. And there's a lot of programs like there's the CEI, which is an inclusive area that you can go to in the AMU, which has staff of color to visit and things like that. But these are still niche, very small areas to visit. And it's not an overwhelming amount of people of color that would bring comfort to students that feel outcasted. And internally, they're already feeling kind of like a sense of being different from everyone else. But then externally, if you're not seeing anybody else who looks like you, then it's just kind of furthering that like insecurity within yourself. And being at the school in my short Two, and two years and a couple months, we've had our fair share of like seeing racial issues. And I didn't think this far along in college, I would see an issue pop up every year, but I definitely have. And that was a wake up call to me just because I can see how in my scholarship program, we live in this little bubble of like minority students and we call it our mini HBCU, but it's like other students that aren't in such a program don't have access to a community that they can fall on and make sure that there's other people around them that support them. And I think I know they're making so that the library is going to be like a student success a center. Student success center, but that'll be far gone. Like we'll be basically with almost with a cap and gown on by the time that's. <laughs> well, you hope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> by the time that's ready to go. So how has the university impacted your sense of self-worth? It's impacted me just because I need time that I've felt insignificant or not as meaningful. I've had opportunities to go out in the community. I've had opportunities to give a speech to a group of people. With my leadership position, being the president, I found such a self-worth type of thing because I was able to present this whole program. I represented it just in my one speech, what we encompass, what we embody. And that's like the honor I felt from that was very like more than I could ever imagine. Having my classmates, my advisors and things just rely on me and trust me and knowing that I was the best they could put forward and I had to promote myself to get in that position. I had to work to get there and to see that all pay off in the end was unbelievable and I was able to give speeches in front of people, donors and things like that and they don't all look like me but they're still here listening to me to what I need and it just showed me the like power I have simply just by promoting myself and promoting my other students that do look like me. 
So I know you said your mother is your greatest inspiration. (laughs) Who are some of the other women who have been inspirations for you? My grandma on my dad's side, they are like my other set of parents, basically. (laughs) They are so excited for me in anything I do. And I've actually had to talk about this before where it's amazing to have people who succeed or not, they believe in you. And oh, my God, (laughs) I don't usually have to talk about this. So regardless of any crazy idea I've ever had or I never really know what I'm going to do the next day, I'm very much like a type of person that just likes to go after things whenever the opportunity is upon itself. Those are people I've always been able to just fall back on and not only in like a strength sense, but in a sense of when you're down and you need people to just simply give you a hug or a word of encouragement. Luckily, I have those people that I can call and I know not a lot of people have that same opportunity. So lucky for me, I was able to stay in the city and keep those ties. And they appreciated that more than I could ever. And I didn't understand when I was a senior in high school. My grandma was like, are you sure you're going to leave? And I was like, Grandma, what do you mean? (laughs) Like, I'm her youngest grandchild, too. So I had to get, like, babied on all sides of my family. And being able to just simply see them is so encouraging to me because I just make them proud with everything I do and they wear their Marquette merch proudly and <laughs> keep Which my you picture. are not wearing today. I'm not this wearing my Marquette merch and badgers. What's up with that? I like the color. And whenever I'm on campus wearing my Marquette merch, I feel like a very Marquette student where I'm like, wow, can you tell where I go to school? <laughs> and my freshman year, I wore a lot of Marquette. So I'm it was a color thing today. I woke up and whenever I wake up, I'm like, what color are you feeling today? Feeling a little, see, and I matched the room. <laughs> feeling a little fiery today. Exactly. So this year's forum, the theme really revolved around self-care, wellness, and healing. How do you understand, experience, or practice wellness and healing within our current context? Because there's so much stuff happening these days. There's a lot. And for me personally, it is hard to wrap my head around <laughs> all the different initiatives, all the different feelings, all the different like strategies you have and things like that. And I've kind of been with those people that I always like to talk first or get my point across or kind of like get my hand in things. And I can say this is something that I've had to really sit back and like learn from other people or go to events. Like I have a few friends who started their own club at Marquette and it's called Emmy Black Minds. And it's a club specifically about self-care and mental health and Getting to go to that and knowing it was started by four African-American women and they did it all on their own and they had guest speakers and they've had um, different program initiatives where we've simply wrote letters to ourselves or this is the end of a school day and we came to learn more about mental health and things like that. I've really had to open up and see more of how this impacts than I ever thought it would. College is, I think... They like to say college is like all on you and it's about how you're going to make your days and how you're going to make your schedules, which is true. But I've understood more why the mental health thing is so important. Just as I was saying earlier, just not having those resources to fall back on can really impact your experience that you're going to have and not being able to talk to anybody about any issues you're having or understanding why you feel certain way towards a certain class teacher professor things like that is really important that we're having discussions with each other so it's a you're not alone type of thing and I think my biggest thing was if I didn't have a community around me I would not be succeeding as well as I am now.
What impact do you hope to have on women of color, those coming behind you and those who have gone before you that might be looking back for some inspiration? Yeah, I think my biggest thing is I'm everyone's biggest fan. (laughs) I don't do the presidency thing so I can put on a resume or I'm the president of this or I'm the president of that. That's just a bonus for me. I was in this position as well as a few other leadership positions in Marquette Student Government, NAACP, like just board member positions. I did that all because... It just allowed me to promote the people that I'm around even more. Being the president of Urban has allowed me to be everyone's biggest motivator. And a lot of people will like look for me and be like, wow, you're just always in a positive or good mood. That's not true. But (laughs) I do that because I kind of wake up with this like feeling of like I was given this opportunity and it's important for me to make other people feel like they're also given an opportunity. And it also makes me feel good when I make somebody else feel important. And I think that just builds your community even more of people wanting to be around you, not having to be around you. And I wanted to be the role model around other students. I mean, the sophomores and freshmen under me, they're not that far apart in age for me. So I don't pressure them into being like, I know so much more than you. I really don't, but I'm here as your ally to let you know that I'm the person that you can talk to, find more stuff about and reach out to because Adults are busy. (laughs) I'm probably a little less busy than a lot of the advisors or things that we have in our program, but I can sit here and talk to you and talk about you to other people. I love to just promote the people around me because I think that's really what'll change our campus from being so much focused on one group. I want you to see how important these other groups of people we have are, and they're all in leadership positions that I can go on and on about, and I using my leadership position to make sure that those clubs keep getting heard about and communities keep getting heard about. So what are your hopes for the future, your future, Marquette's future, the community we live in, the world? (laughs) In in 30 seconds of now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, I'm timer. Uh, My hope is always, I, of course, want to somehow have one simple person in this program that I'm in remember me or simply the group of people that I was around and being the first group of 45 minority students I'll be of course want to be a part of the group that was like oh you know they did a lot here and I think this won't be the only leadership position I hold at Marquette because I want to continue to do everything I can here while I'm still here so that they can look back and be like, oh, yeah, that one year you did that initiative or this initiative. I'm just trying to diversify the school as much as I can. I don't have the position to put people in the school or accept people in the school, but I can accept the people around me. I can make them feel comfortable. I can actually have a really close story kind of related to that. But (laughs) I have experienced people that have wanted to basically leave our university because they didn't feel like they had an inclusive home or they didn't feel like they had a group that they could talk to or relate to. And knowing that they stayed around and stuck it out, I think it makes it worthwhile that they have a good opportunity. They have a good experience. And in the future, I, of course, want to teach. That is like my biggest thing is I love kids. And I think a lot of the initiatives we have at school is why don't students know more about my background? Why don't they diversify? Why don't we have a diversity class? And I think that starts a lot younger than the grade that we're, well, this year we're currently in. It's difficult to tell 20-year-olds or 19-year-olds, like, we're going to start over and you're going to learn how to treat these groups of people better or 
expand your knowledge. Yes, it is important, but it's like if it started when we were younger and it was a core value that we had, it would be a lot different now. So that's my whole goal is going back to my community. I don't want to leave my community abruptly, but let's go back to my community and tell these girls where I went to school, girls and boys, where I went to school, who my parents were, what they did, and so they can look at somebody and say, oh, she did this, so I can do it. And not having that person for me, I would love to be that person for another one. So what would you like our community to know about your journey? (laughs) I think I would like my community to know that it doesn't end here. I think my biggest thing is I always just promote more positivity around me and other people. I think a lot of people need not only to learn from somebody, you can listen to a thousand things, but if you're going to get anything out of it, you got to be able to relate. So hopefully they can just relate to being kinder to people, being more open to new stories, being more open to those around them, being more open to women, to people of color, to friends around you. And I think a lot of people go unnoticed. So if you're a little bit kinder to the people you want, you have around you, it'll really change them and you. And you'll see the effect you have on a lot of people because it's always like, what difference are you going to make on the people around you? <laughs> but yeah, that's what I would say. Jayla Taylor, thank you for sharing your story with us (laughs) today. Your story stands as a testament to the amazing stories in our community yet to be uncovered. Our roots say that we're sisters podcast and the mural project seek to make these stories visible. Again, thanks to our sponsor, the Marquette Forum, Marquette's Office of Institutional Diversity and Inclusion, and the Haggerty Museum of Art for your support for this project.